Hello everyone, I'm your host Luke, and this is my co-host Jared, how's it going guys? And today we're talking about uh, volcanoes and super volcanoes and uh, kind of the most current ones most likely to erupt, you could say. But first I'd like to start with, what's the difference between a volcano and a super volcano? Um, so a volcano refers to a vent in the Earth's crust through which lava, volcanic gases, and ashes reaches the Earth's surface. Volcanic eruptions occur as a result of the pressure created by the gases dissolved in the magma. Beneath the volcano, there exists magma with dissolved gases. Magma rise up, rises up through the cracks in the Earth's crust. When the magma rises up, the pressure decreases, and this leads the gas to form bubbles. The gas content and the chemical composition of magma decides the behavior of the lava when it reaches the Earth's surface. Lava with a low silica content, like sand, usually shows a low viscosity. In contrast, lava rich in silica content is extremely viscous. High viscosity restricts the lava from flowing freely, while low viscosities allow the lava to flow freely. Um, so what's a super volcano, which is one of the ones you're going to be talking about, right, Jer? Uh, no. no, I'm just talking about a regular volcano. A regular volcano. Okay. So like a super volcano is like Mount St. Helen, right? No, or, that's just a regular volcano. Well, what about, okay, Yellowstone? Yes, that yeah. is a super volcano. Okay. Um, so a super volcano is defined as having experienced one or more explosions with a magnitude of eight on the volcano explosivity index, which I didn't even know was a thing. But with such a magnitude, a volcano usually releases the material it carries to a distance of more than 240 cubic miles. In brief, supervolcanoes rank at the top of the index. Um, these eruptions are extremely large eruptions and can cause avalanches of hot rocks and gases and global climatic changes. However, just before it has had a super eruption once or twice in the past, it does not always mean that it's going to have a huge eruption within the same magnitude in the future as well. Um, so I'll kick it over to Gerard now. Oh, hello. So yeah, kind of like what Luke was talking about, like a volcano is an opening or eruption in the Earth's surface, um, allows hot magma, volcanic ash, and gases to escape. Um, they're usually found around like tectonic plates where they come together or separate, but they can also occur in the middle of plates due to volcanic hotspots. And that's like what the Yellowstone volcano is. That, that's a volcanic hotspot in the middle of the uh, plate. Um, a volcanic eruption is when lava and gas are released from a volcano, sometimes explosively. Um, kind of like what Luke was talking about, like the silica content and everything, like Hawaii's volcan uh, volcanoes are very, um, they're very thick um, magma, and they don't flow very freely. Um, the most uh, dangerous types is called the glowing avalanche, which is when freshly erupted magma flows down the sides of a volcano. They can travel quickly and reach temperatures of up to 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Um, other uh, hazards include ashfall, uh, lars, or mud or debris flows. Volcanoes often cause population displacements or food shor- uh, sh- uh, shortages. Um, so there's uh, three ways to like prepare yourself for a volcano eruption is like learn volcanic risks warning signs look out for unusual physical changes around volcanoes such as increased ashfall vegetation drying up um learn to participate in early warning systems develop plans for both evacuating and sheltering in place uh be aware of secondary hazards such as landslides lahars which are mud flows ash and thunderstorms because uh, ash actually produces thunderstorms which is really interesting Protect your home from volcanic ash. Cover water sources if times allow. Avoid driving during ash. Uh, fall when visible visibility can be very low. Roads are slippery because of the ash. Protect your lungs and eyes by wearing protective gear, such as goggles and masks. <laughs> Pay particular attention to vulnerable people and support them to evacuate and shelter in place. And prepare to respond. Follow official instructions from local authorities on whether the, to evacuate or take shelter. If you get a warning prior to ashfall, return home from school or work and shelter in place. If the ashfall is heavy, do not remain in a building that has low-pitched or flat roofs. Make sure you have additional supplies such as dusk masks, eye protection, cleaning supplies, a flashlight, and an evacuation bag to hand. Um, collect and store uh, water and clean up outside carefully when it's declared safe to do so so those are kind of like their uh, their uh like protection like kind of to protect you from uh volcanoes and some uh preparedness so some of like the recent uh, uh eruptions are is a uh, kilowa volcano began erupting on september 29th 2021 at approximately 321 uh hst in holoma crater the lava continues to erupt from a single vent in the western wall of Heluma crater um, i know i'm not saying that right <laughs> all lava activity is confined within Holoma crater in hawaii volcanic national park a seismic and uh, volcanic gas emissions remain elevated. Um, so that this is a really cool picture. You can kind of like slide it side to side. I know you guys can't see it, but it shows like the way that it erupted. It's not a very big eruption. Um, and another eruption that's really recent uh, is the, and it's been making a lot of news, is Spain's uh, Las Palmas volcano. It, it's been uh, erupting for over two months now. Uh, this article was just updated uh, on Tuesday, November 30th, so fairly recently, just this past week. New lava tubes from the Cumbria Vieja uh, volcano in Spain, La Palma Island, have sent molten lava flowing downhill of, uh, up to speeds of three feet per second since Monday. According to the Canary Island Volcanology Volcanology, I can't pronounce that word, Institute. Further down the mountain on the west side of the island, just off the coast of Africa, the lava continues to threaten remaining buildings in the town of Los or La Guinas, which was evacuated more than a month ago. And they have pictures here where this lava is just completely taking over this town. It is crazy. Um, months after its first eruption, the town's church is just now a kilometer, around 0.6 miles uh, west or from the widest lava flow, advancing towards the Atlantic Ocean. According to maps issued Tuesday by the Canary Islands government, government's Volcano Crisis Committee, the eruption started September 19th and has not stopped since then. Lava flows on the Canary Island. Um, the lava has already reached the Atlantic in two places on the island's west coast, falling off cliffs into the ocean and adding 
to the coastline with a total of 48 hectare, hectare acres, approximately 118 acres of lava landfill, um, the committee says. It has uh, obliterated much more. The lava has destroyed uh, around 2,800 acres, um, a third of which is farmland. The flow has devoured banana avocado plantations vital to the island's economy and has destroyed more than 1,200 homes and 300 buildings. Uh, more than 6,000 people have dis- been displaced on the island with a population of about 80,000 people. Uh, Los pa- La Palmas is the smallest of the Spain's Canary Islands located off of Morocco's west coast. And so that one's pretty interesting. Another really interesting thing about volcanoes is that... Um, is that a massive um, volcano range located in India was the main driver for the Cretaceous uh, uh, Triaria or uh, uh, T-E-R-T-I-A-R extinction event that killed the dinosaurs. So not only was it the um, the uh, Chikulabub crater, the the meteor that hit the earth, but it was also um, part of uh, like the volcanoes were part of that called the Deacon Traps. And so they think that that contributed to actually killing the dinosaurs, which is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, Deacon uh, Traps are massive, um, massive, basically volcanic areas. It's one of the largest volcanic features on Earth. They consist of numerous layers a solidified uh, flood basalt um, that together are more than 2,000 meters thick, cover an area of 500,000 square kilometers, and have a volume of 100, uh, or sorry, a million cubic kilometers. Um, originally, the Deacon Traps may have covered 1.5 million square kilometers um, with corresponding larger original volumes. Um, so the Deacon Traps began forming around 6 point, or 66.25 million years ago at the end of the Cretaceous period. The bulk of the volcanic eruptions at the Western Ghats some 66 million years ago, the series of eruptions may have lasted for fewer than 30,000 years. So that's crazy. This volcano, these Deacon Traps, which is a, a, a buildup of volcanoes basically, uh, was erupting for 30,000 years. That's insane. These eruptions coincided with the breaking up of Gowanda supercontinent um, with the opening of the Western Indian Ocean. The original area covered covered by the lava flow is estimated to have been as large as 1.5 million kilometers, um, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, they, they think that this, um, this Deacon Trap was part of the reason why the dinosaurs actually died off, which is insane. Um, yeah, because I, I I thought the main thing, you know, is the asteroid and, you know, they found that the big impact crater down in, isn't it in Central America? No, Mexico. Mexico, yeah. Yeah, um, that was part of it. Another part of it is the Steaky Traps, because they both happened around the exact same time. They both occurred, and that's one of the reasons why... The dinosaurs uh, were wiped out is because these deacon traps were going on and polluting the air um, and releasing massive amounts of ash that was blocking the sun already. And then for this meteor to hit, it was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back in a sense. You know what I mean? Um, the deacon traps are one of the largest volcanic providences in the world. Um, it's more than 6,500 feet of uh, uh, flat laying basalt lava flows. So that's how that's how thick it is. 
is 6,500 feet of lava flows. That's insane. Um, it covers an area of nearly uh, 200,000 square miles, roughly the uh, size of the state of Washington and Oregon combined. That's how big this thing is. It's 200,000 square miles in west central India. Estimate, estimates of the or original area covered by lava flows are as high as 600,000 square miles. Um, the volume of the basalt is estimated to be 122,750 cubic miles. Um, for example, the 1980 eruption of Mount St. Helens produced one cubic kilometer of volcanic material. And uh, the, the Deacon Traps produced... Uh, so yeah, Mount St. Helens produced one cubic kilometer of volcanic material, and these Deacon Traps produced 512,000 cubic kilometers. So... <laughs> it was 512,000 times bigger than Mount St. Helens. Um, the Deacon Traps are a flood basalt similar to the Columbia River basalts of the northwestern United States. Um, uh, the Deacon basalts may have played a role in the extinction of the dinosaurs. Most of the basalt uh, was uh, erupted between 65 and 60 million years ago. The gas released by the eruption may have changed the global climate and led to the demise of the dinosaurs. Six, uh, 65 million years ago, um, vol uh, volcanologists are trying to understand how such great volumes of, a lo of lava were, are erupted. Early models proposed that vo uh, lava flowed across large areas at extremely rapid rates. Uh, recently proposed models suggest at least some of the flows are and placed at gradual rates lasting months to years. The photos, uh, so they even, uh, ancient people even carved, like in India, carved like uh, um, runes in, in these basalt um, lava flows, which is pretty crazy. Um, and so, yeah, they, they humans have been living in the area for a long time, too. Uh, geologists have postulated that the Deacon Trap volcanism is associated with deep mantle plume or hot spot, which is a super volcano, basically. Um, so that's what a super volcano like in Yellowstone is. It's a mantle plume. Um, and so the plume or hot spot caused the continent to break apart. India has drifted north away from the hot spot, which is now under reunion. So that's pretty crazy. Um, and then... Uh, there, some of the, like, there's a lot of active volcanoes going off right now in the world. There's one in Italy, or there's uh, two in Italy, one in Ilola Island, Italy, and one in Sicily. Um, the La, La Palma, a Canary Island in Spain. Um, Seismoscoforino is the United States uh, Aleutian Islands is another one. Kilo... Uh, 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 Kiowa, the Hawaii uh, volcano, Yazur, um, which is a Vantua volcano. I don't even know where that is. It's uh, Tan Islands. Hmm. Where's that one at? So that one is erupting. Oh, it's uh, off the Coral Sea. So it's off of Australia. Ooh, interesting. Um, so those are the ones in like Europe and uh, Alaska, Pacific Oceans, and North America. There's even more in Mexico. The Popocalapilla, which is uh, central Mexico. Uh, Santiago, uh, Guatemala, Fuego, Guatemala, Mayasia, uh, Nicaragua. And then African and Indian, Ita Al, uh, 
um, which is in Ethiopia, and Nagogogo, uh, Dominican Republic of Congo, uh, or DR Congo, uh, Shivaluch, uh, Kamochak, I don't know where that is, uh, Karamisk is in Karamachak as well. Let me see where that is at. Um, that is off the coast um, north north east of Japan. So it's off the coast of Russia. Interesting. Um, Sawazi Jimmy, or uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, Ryoku Islands, Japan. There's one in Colombia, one in Ecuador, two in Ecuador actually. One in Peru, one in Central Chile, one in Indonesia. Uh, sorry, five in Indonesia that are erupting. Oh my! There's even one in the Antarctic that's erupting right now, and those are the ma- uh, those are erupting or major eruptions. There's a lot more that have minor activity, minor activity eruption warnings, and a few of them, uh, quite a few of them, are even under unrest right now. So yeah, there's, so a, here, there's here, a lot of active volcanoes. Here, here's a question that maybe you can look up, Jared. Like, has global warming slash climate change contributed to volcanic activity? Um, it, I doubt it because it's more of a geological type of event. Which I uh, understand. Yeah, I, I'll look that up and see. But it, it's an interesting question since we've touched a fair amount on you know climate change and whatnot but while he's looking that up i'll talk about one that i love it's called mount shasta um (laughs) i have a couple of podcasts planned for that um basically on the lost continent of lemuria and the lemurians um that are said to live under there but right now we're just talking about it on the side of the volcanoes, or it's volcanic activity. The Mount Shasta magmatic system has evolved more or less continuously for at least 590,000 years, but the ancestral cone was virtually destroyed by an enormous volcanic sector collapse and landslide around 300,000 years ago. Only a small remnant of this older edifice remains on the west side of the Strato volcano. Shasta Valley to the north is largely floored by debris from the sector collapse, likely representing a considerable amount of the volume of the ancestral cone. Four major cone building episodes constructed most of the Strato volcano around separate central vents. The eruptions that formed these cones probably lasted only for a few hundred or a few thousand years during which numerous lavas erupted, mainly from each cone's central vent. And I think the vent is like the main, I guess, chute that's like the direct direct um, link from the, like the mantle where the magma is to where it erupts and the lava comes out. Uh, the well, fi- there could be a multi- there could be multiple events on our volcano. Right. Um, yeah, you are correct. Yeah. Uh, the final major eruptions from each of the central craters produced dacitic domes and dense fragment pyroclastic flows. 
After each episode of rapid cone building, the volcano underwent significant erosion while less frequent central and flank vent eruptions occurred. Uh, the flank eruptions typically produce cinder cones, sm small monogenetic lava cones or domes, and uh, the oldest of the four, named the Sargent's Ridge Cone, is younger than approximately 250,000 years. Uh, and I would like to uh, end on the Holocene eruptions, which we are currently in the Holocene epoch, um, which is kind of like when like the last 10,000-ish years. But eruptions during the last 10,000 years produced lava flows and domes on and around the flanks of Mount Shasta, and pyroclastic flows from summit and flank vents extended as far as 20 kilometers from the summit. Most of these eruptions also produced large mud flows, many of which reached more than several tens of kilometers from Mount Shasta. And Shasta was formed mainly between 9,700 and 9,400 years ago, uh, called the Hot Limb Cone. But um, you know, you should we should go on to mention that uh, the area around Mount Shasta has been occupied by humans for thousands of years, almost. But. Um, did, were you able to find an answer to that, Jared? Uh, yes, sir. It's kind of like a, a maybe, almost. I'll go ahead and read this article. It's a pretty fairly short article. It was written in 2013, so um, it might be a slightly outdated, but it's the best answer to it I could find. So the rapid rise in sea levels could cause a dramatic increase in volcanic eruptions, according to a new study. Um, remember, this is in 2013. The study published in the Journal of Geology found that during periods of rapid climate change over the last million years, the rapid melting of continental glaciers and the resulting sea level rise eventually increased volcanic eruptions as much as fold. Everybody knows that volcanoes have an impact on, climb, on the climate, says the study co-author um, Maron uh, Jinji, a geophysicist at Geomar in Germany. What we found was just the opposite. The findings were based only on natural changes in climate, so it is not clear whether human-caused climate change would have the same impact. And if it did, she added, the effects wouldn't have been seen, wouldn't be seen for centuries, because uh, volcanoes are very uh, long-term based for the most part. Sometimes they're very explosive and end in a, a couple of years, but other times they last decades. Um, uh, volcano changes. It's been long known that volcanism can dramatically alter the climate, often in cataclysmic ways. For instance, mass extinctions, like the one uh, such as the one at the end of the Permian period, may have been caused by continuous volcanic eruptions that cooled the climate and poisoned the atmosphere in the seas. Um, but few people thought that climate change can fuel volcanic eruptions before Jenink and her colleagues began looking at the cores drilled from the ocean off the South and Central America. Sediments shown showed that the last one million years of Earth's climate history. Every so often, shifts in the uh, Earth's uh, orbit lead to rapid warming of the planet, massive melting of glaciers, and a quick rise in sea levels. The team found that much more tephra, or layers of volcanic ash, appeared in the sediment cores after those periods. Some places, such as Costa Rica, saw five to ten times as much volcanic activity during periods of glacial melting as other times. 
To understand why that could be, the research team used a computer model and captured how those changes affected the pressures experienced at different places on Earth's crust. The team found that when glaciers melt, they reduce the pressure on continents. While sea level rise increases pressure on the ocean floor crust, um, the computer model and the change in pressures on the Earth's crust seem to have uh, caused increases in volcanism. Um, in general, the speed of transition from ice age to melting, rather than the total amount of melting, predicted how intensely the volcanic eruptions increased. So it's more of the speed of the transition from ice age to melting rather than the total amount of melting. And that's not a good sign for us because we've increased the, the speed of um, from ice age to melting because of all of our pollution and, and all the greenhouse gases that we're emitting. We're expediting that quite dramatically. So if that's the case, we might see extremely intense volcanic activity. And like they said, it might be centuries before we see it. So it'd be our ancestors or, or the people that come after us that will see it. Um, the study does not address whether modern-day climate change would have any impact on the frequency of volcanic eruptions, though. In theory, it is possible. Even if anthropologically or human-caused climate change impacts volcanic eruptions, people wouldn't see the effects in this lifetime because the volcanic activity doesn't occur immediately after climate change. We predict that there's a time lag of about 2,500 years. Um, so even oh, if so we we'll, change the climate... So we'll, we'll, we'll have... Uh colonized mars and titan by then so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah possibly yeah so we'll 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 be on mars guys so don't don't worry about it <laughs> so even if we change the climate you wouldn't really expect anything to happen in the next few thousand years so that hopefully that answers your question luke well i feel that's an interesting thing to address right yeah it is yeah and that's interesting the the way that the computer model um how like the glacial melting um on the continents reduced the pressure on the continents and all, um like the the all of that but on the um on the tectonic plates on the ocean floor with the more water it in increased the pressure down there so it increases the pressure under the ocean because of the more water but it reduces the uh plate tectonics on the continents because there's less um weight because of the water um because of the glaciers are gone so that's kind of that's definitely interesting I always knew that volcanoes influenced our climate, but I didn't realize our climate could also influence the volcanoes. So that's really interesting. That's something I learned today. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what what would it be? Uh, I I wanted to talk a little more about Mount Shasta, but I wanted to say, what would it be a podcast on or this channel without talking about? cryptids or something so i'm gonna talk about some of the myths and legends of mount shasta because do it i like it yeah okay so there these are native american legends um so there are many different accounts of native american legends surrounding the mystery of mount shasta and each is more interesting than the other Shasta is considered a sacred place for Native Americans. Many date their lineages back to a time when eruptions actually took place there. The region where the mighty peak stands is home of the Shasta. The And I apologize if I mispronounce any of these. I am trying my best, um, but I'm only human. The Atsugewe, the Akumawi, the Wintu, and the Modoc tribes. In fact, Shasta is believed to be where many prominent figures in 
peyotism and Native American history, such as Gamokumk, the creator, used to live. There's also a widespread belief that the original bones of Modoc people were also placed there. Therefore, it's not uncommon to bring offerings when visiting the mountain to show respect to those that have passed on. Many trips are organized to honor roots, lineages, and celebrate culture and tradition of Mount Shasta. For exa example, the Winnemen Wintu regard the area as their native place of worship, regularly hosting rituals such as coming-of-age ceremonies by the rivers in the region. Uh, Mount Shasta is just as pivotal when it comes to the myths of these people. Among the creatures that they are that are believed to inhabit the mountain range are the Mata Kogmi, which is the Modoc word for Bigfoot. The Mount Shasta legends of Mata Kogmi paint the creatures as protectors of the woods. Jokane uh, Miller nicknamed the poet of the Sierra, also recorded various legends around the mountain related to uh, natives in the 1870s. According to him, Mount Shasta was another focal point in sacred tales for the indigenous Klamath, Klamath people. It was believed to be inhabited by the spirit of Chief Skell, who descended from heaven to the mountain's summit. And uh, <laughs> then we get into... Uh, Lemuria. So, uh, the well-known Mount Shasta myth says that somewhere deep beneath the 14,000-foot-tall mountain is a complex world of tunnels in a hidden city called Telos. This is uh, what I... I uh, trust me, there's a lot more of a rabbit hole about Lemurians and their city of Telos um, that we'll get into in a future podcast that I'm excited for. Um, also known as the ancient city of light, the town of Telos is home to an ancient community of people called the Lemurians. Um, those who believe in this uh, say that the Lemurians were residents of the mythical lost continent of Lemuria. The continent existed until it was engulfed under the waves of the Indian Ocean many thousands of years ago. You know, just like Mu and Atlantis, which didn't we do one on Atlantis already, Jared? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't think we've touched on Moo, but that's a different one. Um, so, according to other uh, theorists, the Pacific Ocean may have been uh, the reason why Lemuria uh, sank. However, some claim that Lemurians survived the catastrophe and settled in the underground city of Telos. Um, you know, they're supposedly another ancient advanced race of humanoids or human-like people. Uh, you know, they have airships, they have crystal energy, uh, they have UFOs, kind of, um, yada, yada, yada. Uh, if, if you want to read, like, the founding book on this, people you'd want to read, it's called A Traveler of Two Worlds or Two Planets. I think it's I think it's traveler on two planets, uh, but yeah, uh, people are, who are drawn to the mountain for its tales have reported seeing seven foot tall creatures with long flowy hair on the mountains. They believe that they're offsprings of the uh, surviving 
Lemurians. Um, so some people also believe that the mountain is home to reptilians. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, UFO sightings there. Um, so I'll kick it back to Jared. So, um, this one is kind of like talking, uh, talking about like volcanoes and climate change. I know it's changing up from, uh, from legends to climate change again, but, uh, this one's talking about man, uh, Mount, uh, Pinotubo, uh, erupted in the Philippines, June 15th, 1991, an estimated 20 million tons of sulfur dioxide and ash particles blasted more than 12 miles high into the atmosphere. The eruption caused widespread destructions, loss of human life. Gas and solid, solids interjected into the stratosphere circled the globe for three weeks. Volcanic eruptions of this magnitude can impact global uh, climate, reducing the amount of solar radiation reaching the Earth's surface, lowering temperatures in the tr uh, troposphere, and changing atmospheric circulation patterns. The extent of which uh, occurs is ongoing debate. Large-scale uh, volcanic activity may only last a few days, but the massive outpouring of gas and gases and ash can influence climate patterns for years. Sulfuric gas uh, converts into sulfuric aerosols, submicron uh, droplets containing about 75% sulfuric acid. Following eruptions, these aerosol particles can linger as long as three to four years in the stratosphere. Major eruptions alter the Earth's uh, uh, radiative Balance because volcano, volcanic aerosol cans absorb terrestrial radiation and scatter a significant amount of incoming solar radiation known as a radiative forcing that can last from two to three years following a volcanic eruption. So they can even increase, they can even increase the amount of radiation people get and receive because of volcanoes. That's crazy. Volcanic eruptions can cause short-term climate change and contribute to uh, natural climate vulnerability. Exploring effects of volcanic eruptions allows better to understand important physical uh, mechanics um, in the climate system that are initiated by volcanic forcing. Uh, the, 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 they performed a series of climate si simulations and combined volcanic aerosol observations from the stratosphere. Um, aerosol and Gas Experiment 2, which is called SAGE-2, available from NASA's Atmospheric Data uh, Center. Um, with upper atmospheric research satellites from NASA's Goodar, uh, Goodar uh, Earth Data and Information Service Center, uh, GDISC. Um, the research team ran a, a general circulation model developed at the Max Planck Institute with and without Pinobo's aerosols for the two years following the Pinobo eruption to study the sensitivity of climate re uh, response to sea surface temperature using data from NASA's uh, physical oceanographic um, distributed arch or active archive center uh, PO.DAAC. They conducted uh, calculations with a climo uh, climographically uh, mean sea surface temperature as well as with those observing uh, during particular El Nino and El Nino patterns. By comparing the climate uh, simulations from Pentanobo eruption with and without aerosols, the researchers found that the climate models calculated a general cooling of the global troposphere but yielded a clear winter warming pattern of the surface air temperature over the northern hemisphere continents. The temperature above tropical lower stratosphere increased by 4 Kelvin or 4 degrees Celsius because of aerosol absorption. 
um, of the terrestrial long wave and solar near infrared radiation. The model demonstrated that the direct uh, radiative effect of volcanic aerosols cause, causes general stratosphere heating and trophosphere cooling with the tro- trophosphere warming pattern in the winter. Model temperature change is consistent with the temperature anomalies observed after eruptions. So that's pretty interesting. Anything you got else to add there, Luke? Um, so I, I just wanted to touch very briefly on Yellowstone being a super volcano and uh, what would happen if it erupted. Um, oh, yeah, that's a scary prospect. Yeah, so we're ending on a high note. Um, <laughs> so what would happen if a super volcano happened at, like, Yellowstone? If another large caldera forming eruption were to occur at Yellowstone, its effects would be worldwide. Such a giant eruption would have regional effects such as falling ash and short-term years to decades changes to global climate. Those parts of the surrounding states of Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming that are closest to it would be affected by pyroclastic flows while their spaces in the U.S. would be impacted by falling ash. And such eruptions usually form calderas, broad volcanic depressions created as the ground surface collapses as a result of withdrawal of partially molten rock magma below. Fortunately, the chances of this sort of eruption at Yellowstone are exceedingly small in the next thousands of years. So what are pyroclastic flows? Um, they are, um, they can detain a high density mix of hot lava blocks, pumice, ash, and not, okay, ash, sorry, and volcanic <laughs> gas. Ha, ha, ha. I heard that one. Yeah. We're probably going to lose our G rating. Um, they, <laughs> they move at very high speed down volcanic slopes, typically falling valleys. Most of these consist of two parts, a lower flow of coarse fragments that moves along the ground and a turbulent cloud of ash with an H that rises above the basal flow. Ash may fall from this cloud over a wide area downwind from the pyroclastic flow and they form in different ways a collapse of an eruption column during a highly explosive eruption the column ejected upwards into the atmosphere cools and can become too cool and dense to maintain upward momentum uh, quote boiling over from an eruptive vent and a collapse of lava domes and flows the front of lava flows or domes can become so steep that they collapse due to gravitational force. So it's very bad, but um, don't worry. It's very, very unlikely in our lifetime anything like this will ever happen. Who knows? Don't worry. Global warming will probably get to us first. But anyways, that's, yeah. You touch on how fast they move? Yeah. Yeah. 50 miles per hour. Yeah. And remember, they, they were saying that it would hit the surrounding states. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, if I remember correctly, 
Uh, I remember looking at a map of it, and it would cover uh, close to like 80% of the um, of the continental United States in ash. And the ash in the stratosphere and troposphere way up in the sky, that would travel around the world and affect the world. Right. It would probably lead to another mass extinction event, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking up the ash map now in uh, millimeters. So um, everywhere from like uh, all the way out to like Boise, Idaho, Salt Lake City, Denver, Colorado, Rapid. I have City. relatives in Boise. <laughs> yeah, that that area um, would be 100 to 300 millimeters thick in ash. And good luck uh, finding them. They don't even have my same last name. So ha. Huh. Good luck finding him. <laughs> yeah. So 100 millimeters to inches, uh, about four inches. So it's not terrible, but um, but yeah, even over in like uh, even over in New York, they'll get some ash. They'll get about one to three millimeters of ash over in that area. Even in Florida, like Panhandle, Florida, you'll they'll get ash over there too, which is insane. But yeah, so Yellowstone. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah. And it's uh, actually exploded before. There's uh several different like uh ash uh like lakes and stuff like that. There's a Mazoma ash crater um which flows all the way to like kind of Mount St. Helens area. There's like a uh, Crater Lake area in uh Oregon and there's a Lava Creek ash um which encompasses California, New Mexico, uh Utah, Colorado, uh, Nevada. And parts of like northern Texas, so yeah. But that's about all I had to add. Yeah. Um. So, I I think we'll end it there. We're going on about forty minutes, so that's probably a good time to end this. But um, you know, the the tanned on it's a very very low chance any of this would ever happen. So. Um, don't worry, you're like a, a, I, I should say a super volcano erupting, so, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, volcanoes erupting all over the globe right now, but super volcanoes, yeah, we don't have to worry about that for quite a while. Yeah, we'll, we'll be, we'll all be long dead, so, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, thank you everyone for watching. I hope you guys enjoyed our little uh, podcast about volcanoes. Yeah, hope, hopefully uh, you could hear. Hopefully you could hear Jared's lovely voice better this time. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was going back and listening to the other podcasts, and when we do it over Discord, I was a little quiet. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully this one's better because I turned the volume up. So whatever. Because yeah, like, I think it will. It 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 shows like the the voice in you know like the audio waves and like when you talk they're just as uh big or yeah as mine are yeah the magnitude is about the same as yours yeah because your voice is annoying so yeah um oh thank you yeah you're you're (laughs) welcome bro um so anyways uh thanks for listening i'm your host luke and this is my co-host Gerard. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a good night. Peace.